Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, I'm Megan Gray and you're listening to Change the Record podcast by Vocal Girls and Tomorrow. In this episode, I'm speaking to the incredibly talented pop artist, Gracie. Don't want no one, cause I'm on the right track, but there's something about you, got me changing my mind like that. Gracie is a 22-year-old singer-songwriter from Brighton who you'll probably know from her top 10 single Don't Need Love which featured 2020 Kid and earned her her first platinum record. Just last week she released her brand new mini album The Art of Closure which includes singles like Empty Love. I definitely go and give that a listen when you get the chance. In this episode, we talk about social media, setbacks, and what it really feels like when all your dreams become a reality. As an artist and as my career has been, it's all like from day dot was always up and down because like just like loads of things had happened that like really got in the way of like things like a normal artist, new artist career, I guess, like going on tour. Yeah. I couldn't go on tour last year and it just felt like the exact same thing this year um, with Rona. But, you know, no one wants me to go on tour, apparently. The universe says, <laughs> not for you. Um, so it has had its, its challenges. But I think sometimes, like, being put in a position where you're like, um, you have to think outside the box, like, actually does make me work harder and, like, work, work smarter in a way. So... I think that's kind of what 2020's been, I hope. Yeah, I think it's definitely made us more adaptable. Yeah, definitely. As humans. I was shocked. I I kind of remember when this all came out and I thought, this is going to be weird how quickly this whole thing gets normalised. That's quite good. Like, being able to adapt to things is definitely, like, a positive thing. Um, And obviously, like, it's all just, like, coming together. And I quite like the fact, in some ways, I don't know if I'm the only one, but, like, during lockdown, the fact everyone in the country was in the same position, Mm. bar, like, obviously, like, the key workers, like, everyone was in the same boat and everyone was kind of joining together. And, like, you don't really get that very often. So it was kind of, yeah, it definitely had its, like, ups and downs. But, um, no, overall, I think 2020 has been a pain... But we we learn, and I think that's always good. <laughs> so, uh, for anyone that hasn't heard your music, how would you describe what you do? Um, I think it's definitely evolving. Like as I'm kind of growing up a little bit more, and like I think yeah, I started off doing like um, a, it was a lot moodier, um, and it still definitely is moodier. I've definitely got that um sad girl in me, but I think. Um, more recently with the the stuff I'm releasing it's definitely a bit more up-tempo um, a bit more um, like I, I think I know who I am a little bit more now so it's a bit more um, what's the word like I forget the word like I well that's ironic isn't it <laughs> like I don't even know what word I am <laughs> um, but I just feel yeah a lot more confident in who I am as a person and who I, who I am as an artist and I think that's it's been a nice like evolution that's I think what I've noticed in your music with the last song that you've released like that being so catchy and upbeat I love it I can't get it out of my head I said oh, that to you a minute ago it, that was my first ever happy song like genuinely <laughs> so I mean it's not the first one I've ever written but it's the first one I actually released so yeah I think um it was the first one that made me go like yes I want her out in the world I want to share her um so yeah that's I mean that in itself I think was a big step for me and this year has been unreal for you in terms of your career you've got your first single in the top 10 and gone platinum how did that feel um yeah having that um that first ever top 10 was genuinely like a little childhood dream for sure and it was not how I thought it would ever be because you know it was during lockdown um but yeah I think there's so many different ways of viewing it like part of me is like oh my gosh I don't get to sing that live no one's gonna care about it in a year no one's gonna want to go and like definitely that that is a spiral or you could be like this happened and it just means that I can do more fun things in the future and 
yeah so I was I was really happy and it was really lovely like I, I was locked down with my family and um yeah having that kind of celebration with my family was just like really special oh that's um, so lovely yeah I think my mum was like really happy she was like secretly like yes we can watch the chase together to celebrate <laughs> so loved it does that like when things like that happen do they feel really surreal or do they just feel like life now um oh definitely really really surreal like that honestly the day um it was like number nine in the charts was a year after I had a vocal surgery um on my voice uh and like last year in 2019 I think it was like I can't remember the exact date like 24th of June or something um I thought I was never gonna sing again and to think a year later one we're in the middle of a global pandemic love her um (laughs) but also to have like a, a song in the top uh, like 10 was just like mad and I think like really that will always be with me as like how much can happen in a year if you just like you know work at things and keep going and like really back yourself so yeah that was a that was a weird moment for sure but it was it was really lovely I think that's a really hopeful um mentality to know that a year ago things were so different and that's something that I've like taken away from like I saw that on your Instagram and I was like that's so positive to know that you can have so much control of your life that things can change so quickly. Yeah, they really can. And I think that it's, or I always try and live my life by everything happens for a reason. And it's so weird to think at that point in my life, like, and I've had it before where I'm just like, there's no way, this is the lowest it can get. I feel so low, I'm never going to get out of this, like, feeling. Mm. And then you do, and you look back and you've, like, feeling uncomfortable and feel that feeling of, like, hopelessness is actually, like, the universe kind of pushing you and, like, you're outside of your comfort zone and you're, like, learning new things. So it's actually really, really positive, even though it feels like the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it really did last year, it really definitely did. But, yeah, I don't know, I'm... I'm just trying to live with that mentality through the pandemic and yeah hope hope you do as well <laughs> what song did you choose for your yesterday and why so I picked um, Heart of Glass by Blondie. Excellent choice. I mean, it's just... Blondie as a whole is just a 10 out of, They're just 10 out of 10. Debbie Harry is, like, one of my absolute icons as a child. Um, but, yeah, I think that was one of the songs, like, I really remember growing up loving and helped me kind of fall in love with music. Um, and just, I don't know, it just... It, it was... I have like really clear memories of sitting in the back of the car like squished between my two brothers and if you sit in the middle of the car in my family you're DJ and I was I was like <laughs> okay you guys have a window but I'm DJ so it's cool um I pick that any day yeah 100% um <laughs> so yeah I was just bashing out uh Blondie best of Blondie so who introduced yeah. you to Blondie then oh she's my mum's favorite Aww. like absolute favorite and my mum doesn't listen to any other music like when she (laughs) exclusively is in the fandom of Blondie and Abba and that's it nothing else well strong choices genuinely and that so that was like from my mum and then my dad has like this huge like extensive kind of amazing music taste which I definitely like dipped in and out of as well but um yeah Blondie came from my mum and is definitely she's like I got you into Blondie I got you to Blondie and I'm like yes you did mum thank you so much what do you think it is about like Debbie Harry that resonated with so much I just loved how I love women that can be so like sexy and so like feminine 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 I love feminine women Why can I not say that word this morning? Feminine. It's a hard word. What on earth is going on with my mouth? Feminine. Feminine. (laughs) Honestly, what happened in that that moment? That was absolutely tragic. That was so great. Feminine. Feminine. I think it sounds better like that. Feminine. Feminine. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, I just love how she can be so sexy. We're not going to say the, the f word, um, <laughs> but she's also like such a boss, and she just like the way she'd perform on stage. Like I never saw Blondie when I was younger, but I used to watch like YouTube videos, um, and I know like Gwen Stefani was really inspired by Debbie Harry as well, and some of my other favorite like females have definitely taken from her and. I just think it obviously like her influence just like is so powerful um and I loved yeah just a really strong female front woman has always just been like so inspiring to me so yeah I don't know I just think she's she's really cool. Do you think she's what got you into making pop music potentially? I think so I think um Heart of Glass just being like a a track out of a soundtrack that I used to listen to as a child of like like just loads I loved Motown as well like just so many different songs that just made me love like pop music as well um and I think I I would really tune into like the songwriting of um Blondie's songs Mm. in particular because I just was always fascinated by how catchy they were um and as a kid I was always really fascinated by how like nursery rhymes really catchy as well and yeah I think like one way. Oh no, it's very like hooky, and it's just like such an earworm. So, yeah, I think melodies like that really just stuck in my head. So yeah, you like instantly know what that song is within like two seconds of listening yeah. to it, and that's so powerful. Was there a particular moment then for you when you were younger that you were like, "I have to do music"? Um, I think the thing is, I never thought being a singer was a career option just because in the area I grew up and until I went was like 13 14 like it just wasn't a thing like creative kind of industries weren't really encouraged um and it was only when I ended up going to performing arts school in like Croydon um I ended up like kind of being around creative people and being like oh actually like this could be a thing so I think I just did it because I loved it and I used to like get like I used to get like uh, the backing tracks of songs like that you'd usually karaoke to and just be like I'm right my own I'm right my own tune it's gonna be great Um, I love that yeah so I think I probably did it to Heart of Glass as well so yeah I I I think that just always sparked it and I always like would try and do like girl groups in like the playground in like year four I'd be like guys I've got this sick (laughs) idea (laughs) guys did you ever do like talent shows at school and stuff yeah I just you know what it was as soon as you like open it up to more people I get really shy I get like really <laughs> anxious and shy but if it was my friendship group I was like I was so loud and that honestly is the exact same thing as like normal like if it's like three people I'm so like obnoxiously loud but as soon as there's a huge like load of people I'm just like oh, I'm so I'm shy <laughs> I'm super shy so you used to um write for other pop artists so you've written for the likes of Rita Ora and Ollie Mers mm-hmm. um what was it that made you decide that you wanted to be kind of an artist in your own right and start releasing your own music um I think I'd always known I wanted to be an artist I just wanted to like figure out what I wanted to say and who I wanted to be um and I think that just takes time like I needed to grow up a little bit because I started writing for other artists like as soon as I left school so I was like 18 when I had my first like songwriting cut in the charts and I was like what on earth is going on it was super super strange I think it was like really it was quite a lucky situation that I just happened to kind of write with the right people and um yeah, sometimes songs just happen like that, I think. It's like little bursts of magic. We love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, because of that, it like that song in particular, it was a song with Jonas Blue. Um, it kind of opened up like loads of doors as a writer. And because I loved it, I just took that opportunity to write for other artists and kind of get inside their heads and see like their process as an artist and see like if that's something I wanted to do and then as soon as I like wrote a series of songs I was like oh this feels like me like this feels like I don't want to give it away to anyone else so that's kind of the process that it took for me to be like I'm ready to go. That's a really cool way of like finding out what your sound is by trying like other people's sounds almost pretty much yeah I honestly I'm definitely was 
um, dabbling in multiple genres, which I should never dabble in again. <laughs> no, I think that's so cool. Like, I'm always so interested in like if every single person was a musician, what music they would make. Because that's such a good question. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. I feel like it gives away so much of who you are. It's like a real statement of it's your personality. So true. That's such a good question. I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna walk like be people watching on the tube, just like you are a heavy metal queen. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. So how does it feel different for you now? I think it is, um, it feels really, like, exposed. It depends on the song, but um, when I released my first single, Different Things, that was the main emotion. I was just like, oh, why did I do that? Because I just feel exposed, expose. (laughs) Um, Not even just to, like, uh, like, strangers, but to, like, the person like I wrote it about, yeah. who I had pretended I was completely fine about, to my friends and family who, again, I com- completely told everyone I was fine. And they were like, when were you sad about this? Yeah. And it was alone in my room. I was, ha <laughs> shut the curtains, cry, cry, cry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, that for me, it was, it was the kind of, it felt really, I felt really vulnerable. But again, as I was saying earlier, I think that's actually quite good like it's not only now do I clock like that's actually really good and it made me grow and it made me like understand myself more and yeah. like um address things that I probably needed to dr- address about myself so yeah it was it's been great I, it's know. it's super brave I think to be so revealing in music but I think also that's what makes makes the difference between songs that really resonate with someone and songs that don't like you being so open and vulnerable in them means that they'll probably connect to someone who's feeling the exact same way is that something that you have experienced since releasing those songs that people have yeah I mean I that thank you that I mean that's definitely like one of the main things I would reasons I actually wanted to be an artist was the fact that I just wanted to connect with people through things I was feeling in the way that like Gwen Stefani connected with me or like just yeah those songs I would sing in the back of the car like made me feel Mm. um and uh, yeah getting messages like even if it's from like one person saying oh that made me really that really helped me that really like made me understand how I was feeling just is like honestly the best feeling in the world and it's like it's really nice and I think it is definitely different to when you're writing for someone else because I don't think you have that responsibility of like, okay, this is what it means. Um, this is why I did it. Um, and kind of explaining it. It's just like writing a song that feels good for someone else is, yeah, it's really different. Um, but yeah, I, I love it when people say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it works both ways because it's helping you because if you're struggling to convey your emotions, but then music is your outlet, it helps you. And then it will help someone who potentially is struggling to portray to anyone how they feel, but then they hear your song and it's like, this is it. Yeah, oh, well, I do I do hope so. I think, like, um, people definitely gravitate towards things that can... I think music is so special in that sense. That, like, you can hear a song and a lyric that perfectly, from someone on the other side of the mm. planet, that perfectly, like, represents how you're feeling. Yeah. And you've never met that person. And it's like, it makes you feel so um, understood. And that's how music makes me feel. And that's how I want people that listen to my music to feel. And whether that's a happy song like like Mm. that, or if it's like a really sad like song like... One of my songs called Easy For You is, like, really tragic and really, <laughs> and really, like, aggy. But um, I'll listen to it when I'm just... Like, I wrote it for my friend who was going through a really, really shit breakup. Um, and, yeah, she she always says, like, oh, that, that song really helped me. And I'm just like, that's why I released it, girl, because... It just, yeah, it's such a good feeling. Oh, that must be, you're a great friend. You can write music for your friends. She's a great friend for sitting down at front of me and saying, I wish I paid attention to the way she treated her ex. Because I was like, girl, (laughs) let me take that line. Oh, my God. She's under the table, like, scribbling away. Honestly, I was like, give me four (laughs) minutes. Go to the toilet just to voice note this. Quick one, two. What song have you picked 
for your today? Um, I picked my own song with Rule called Empty Love. Um, And yeah, that's my today pick. Why did you pick that song? I think just because it really summarises everything that's happened. Like for me, not just this year with the pandemic. It's so weird that everything happened with the pandemic and this song came out. Because I feel like, like weirdly, it just synced up with like... Yeah, the themes of the song, but I actually had written it the year before when I was in my own little personal lockdown um, after my vocal operation. And I just like was so obsessed with my phone. I just released songs and I was just starting to get like feedback and not all of it was like positive. Like I think as soon as you come out as an artist, you open yourself up, not just an artist, but I think everyone on social media these days mm. are opening themselves up to like, abuse and just like random judgment from people that don't know you as a person um and empty love was just about that struggle of like being obsessed with like doing things that weren't making me happy like I was obsessed with like trying to make myself like feel shit Mm. for no reason just using the internet um and like constantly going oh well I can't do this and that person can so I'm gonna like keep looking and looking until I feel like I don't want to get out of bed um so yeah it was comparison is the thief of joy a (laughs) hundred percent that is the truth give me love give me love give me love empty love empty love empty love as I got out of that like really weird dark period where I was just like not being able to speak um feeling like my career yeah, so was tell gone. me about that so you had your operation um so I had not vocal nodules and I had had them for like ages I'd had them ever since I was at school and um like I think even my, like my brother has nodules and he's not a singer but like it's some it was just uh, yeah my voice was always really husky I'd lose it really quickly and it was always in the back of my head I was like oh how would I actually go and tour because I can't keep my voice healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to a point where I was like writing five days a week. Um, when I was going from school, like after school sessions, I was going like all day um, at school, like singing and stuff. And like being, I did musical theatre at school, um, which is is not very me now, but. Um, <laughs> I used to like run from like lessons, like from like ballet lessons to like studios. So it was like twelve hour days of using Crikey, my voice. That's a lot. Yeah, it was like proper long. Um, and then I just knackered my voice out, and it got to last year. And um, yeah, basically, I was in LA, and I was like trying to write, and it was like my second ever time in LA, and it's like such a whirlwind when you're there Um, so exciting yeah you'd think it's like oh my god this is amazing but I got to a point where I had to vocal rest when I wasn't in the studio so I was only using my voice for two weeks when I was writing and it just is so uninspiring because you can't the best thing about LA is you go out and you meet people Mm. and you're you know you go to the beach and you like really well that's not the only thing in LA but (laughs) It was definitely a pull for her. And yeah, it just felt like a really weird low time because I couldn't speak. And um, I was with my manager at brunch and I had to cancel a session even though I tried my hardest to keep my voice healthy. I had to cancel it and I just burst into tears and she was like, you're going to need that operation, girl. And I was like, I know. Um, And then I got home and then had to get the operation. So that kind of definitely destroyed my plans for 2019 yeah I can Um, imagine at a time as well when like it feels like everything's just taking off and then you kind of have to step back and do some recovery it must be really difficult to accept that yeah I think so I think like for me I mean I guess to everyone else it wasn't a big deal because it was like two songs in it's Mm. like who even are you um but for me having written for other people and this was like 
the year yeah. like this was gonna be my year um and then yeah to have that kind of taken I was like okay um but in those situations where there's nothing you can do like you know with the whole coronavirus situation like you just have to sit back and go cool well what can I control mm. and all I could control was like resting my voice trying to get better um and yeah I think but having trying to be like looking after myself I ended up getting into this like weird cycle of like mentally ruining myself by just like being obsessed with the internet in the worst way so yeah and when you're talking about like people feeling like they want to have an opinion on you as a new artist I feel like comments online they mean nothing and they mean everything all at the same time because for the people that are writing them they're just kind of like on their phone typing something they don't really think about the impact that it's going to have but for people receiving them it's kind of like a whole it might be a whole host or it might just really hit home and they might only pay attention to that one mm. so it's kind of like this disconnect online between the cause and effect if you know what I mean 100% and I, and that's what's so freaky like that's like all of the themes of empty love is just like having to get validation from strangers mm. like it's it's just mad and I think like I was in a state where I was already so vulnerable and obviously no one was to know that because like, I decided like when I had the operation I, everyone around me like my team were like tell people so it doesn't just look like you've randomly gone off yeah like it looks weird and I was just like not in a mental position mm. where I could tell people like the week it happened because I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like sing again yeah um and it was that it was just felt really painful so yeah to kind of feel like I was already kind of being I don't know like reading stuff that I was like oh okay cool what is the point then like no mm. one likes me anyway so there's no point in my voice even coming back so yeah it was it was weird but you know we move and we got through it got a song out of it yeah definitely um and I've got some good life experience and learned a little bit about myself so <laughs> yeah yeah definitely through those weird dark times there's always always like you always get through it that's all I can say to people who are going through a weird time and it must be kind of I guess I, I find this with writing like if you write things down when you're in a bad place when you kind of come out of it being able to actually look back and be like whoa I've come so far and it must feel like that in terms of having a song that really depicts that time for you and then like being able to hear it now and feeling completely different to how you felt then mm. that must be really rewarding yeah I think the worst thing is when you can relate to your old songs like and yeah. it was kind of a bit shit when Empty Love it, like, I'd written it it was one of the first songs I wrote after I got my voice back and it happened so quick and it felt like yeah. everything came into place um, and then yeah it came to re we came to release it just in terms of like release schedule stuff with yeah. like my team um, we got it out in I think it was May and just so happens we were in the middle of a global pandemic I was back in the same mm. childhood bedroom I had like been in that year before um, so yeah it's it's weird but it also felt very like full circle because I was in a much better mindset um, I actually like filmed the entire music video from my bedroom. Yeah, I saw that. That looked um, so cool. Was that an experience? Oh yeah, definitely. It was. It was like five cameras, and I am like Grandma Gracie, like absolutely <laughs> not not able to work a phone. So um, I had like my friend Aiden, who does like quite a few of my videos, like on Facetime, like trying to help me figure out how to do it. Um, and then Rule was the same in Australia, like he, like other side of the world, like doing the same thing. So. Yeah, it's, it was weird, but yeah, Empty Love is my today song because it's, it's how I think the world is at the minute. Definitely, and I feel like a lot of people have really connected with that song. Is there a particular lyric from that song that people have told you that they've really resonated with? Um, I I think the middle eight, um, do you ever get tired of pretending to be yourself? That's I, the lyric I love as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, that lyric actually came up with n before I'd even, like finished the so I wrote the the whole jux of it I guess in September and I kept like was just thinking about that I think it, I was like on the tube or um and like wrote it in my notes and then it like really resonated with me and kind of sculpted the whole of my like 2020 kind of vibe like mm -hmm. I'm really obsessed with this artist Nam June Pike who had an exhibition around um on at the Tate in January which I went to and I was just instantly like in love with it and it just felt so empty love so like 
like a couple of these releases like on my um EP. But yeah, all of that surrounds like the same themes of empty love and um of that literally that lyric. Um do you ever get tired of pretending to be yourself? Because I think, yeah, it's it's so easy to like be like, I'm fine, guys. Mm. And me being, I try and be a people pleaser when actually, like, sometimes it's good to just be like, I'm really sad today. I'm not feeling good. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's exhausting as well, pretending, especially on social media. I think it becomes so tiresome. And what confuses me about social media is that even though I'm so aware that, like, it is just the highlights and, like, I feel like I know that and I'm like, yeah. I understand that this is people's best bits and I actually know that person. I know they've not even had a good time this year or whatever. You still get sucked in. I don't know how. You do. It's so, it is so weird. It's like filters are just like, mm. yeah, they just make everything seem sunny and fun. And sometimes I look at my profile and I'm like, oh, she's so happy. <laughs> and I'm just like, realistically, that's not me all the time. But I equally am I'm such a mess because I also hate like pity and I mm. hate when I I don't want anyone to think when I'm if I tweet and say I'm having a really shit day to think I'm like attention seeking yeah. or trying to get you know like everyone's having a shit yeah. day it's difficult balance isn't it yeah it is but I think yeah it's just finding that balance of being real but also like you know trying not to be fake <laughs> yeah and it's natural not to show want to show when you're having a bad time as well I feel mm. like if you're like sat in your pajamas hungover all day, you're not going to put a post a selfie. So it's kind of like that, but in an exaggerated form. Mm. But as you said, so important for people to know that you are a real person mm. that experiences down times as well as these amazing, exciting times like getting platinum records and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, I think even like even with like all of that stuff, it's so easy to like on paper to be like oh you've had a great year but Mm. then like I'll think about this year and I'll think about all the times where I've been really sad and I've been crying and I've been like in my pajamas wondering why like I can't go on tour or I can't you know like I you know just feel like I'm not it's not working Mm. um so yeah there's there's just it happens to everyone and I think it's really important to like spark the conversation about it really just keep it going it's not a one person job it's an everyone job (laughs) (laughs) and I just wanted to ask you while we're on that what is your kind of go-to coping mechanism when you are having a bad day um I think it's like I I, whenever I'm having a bad day I always will say like I want to throw my phone in a lake (laughs) yeah I don't know why I can relate to that so much I just want to like pop it in a bag (laughs) jump on it a few times in the lake it goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> off I'm flying free but realistically like what's so weird is that um and what I found really difficult over like the pandemic lockdown was that it was also the only way I could communicate with people that were supporting me and who I was connecting with and w- were helping me as well um so it was like this double-edged sword where I didn't want to go on my phone because I felt like really shit on the mm. internet but I also really needed that kind of support system as well um and Yeah, so I think for me, I'll just, like, turn my phone off, like, allow myself to, like, have downtime. Um, Because I do think it's hard with music because it's not just a nine-to-five. It's, like, I care so much and I I will literally be up until, like, 12 at night. You're, like, living and breathing it, effectively. Yeah, and obviously that's, like, a lot of artists are are similar, but um, I'm definitely a perfectionist, so I, I think it's just, like put on a good film, put on a series, Sex in the City, good cup of tea, maybe a chocky bicky, <laughs> and just have some, some time with your family and, and maybe a fun dog or cat. Yeah, exactly. That's all I can suggest. God. It will pass, though. That is the I main thing. I think we thing. have the exact same coping mechanism. I agree. Tea, I Sex in the City, chocolate and pets. A hundred percent. That's it. <laughs> Sounds like my ideal evening. That's it. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> What song did you choose for your tomorrow? I chose Lifetime by Romy. Amazing song. I love this. Oh my gosh. It's like a warm hug. It's, it's such, so good. It's so good. I just chose it because, I mean, um, it came out and I just felt instantly like, it's just like quite a euphoric 
feeling song and I think it's such a good time to release a song like that it makes me want to go out but it also I'm perfectly fine dancing around to it in my bedroom pretending I'm in a music video um (laughs) and yeah I just it's just incredible I'm a huge fan of Romy and the XX um and like me and my friend actually went to Jamie XX who I think is a producer on it I assume um it does sound very yeah I think it I think he is um yeah, we went to like a gig of his. He did this like six hour gig at Brixton Academy like a couple of years ago. So Amazing. it always just like makes me think of kind of good times um, like to look forward to, I guess. Um, yeah, I just I think it's such a brilliant song and I'm so obsessed with her. I think she's so cool. You use the word euphoric to describe that song. And I think that's literally the perfect word for it. Like I put that song on like first thing in the morning when you get up and it makes you feel like you're going to have a good day. 100%. So what are you most excited for about the future then? Um, I mean, I definitely, I have to say it all. I mean, I've done one live show so far, two live shows so far. Um, and it's just like a, a feeling like I never thought it would ever feel like that. Um, my first ever gig in January, just like having, it was like a little tiny venue um, and it was filled and it was like, I covered it in like red lighting because I'm obsessed with especially with imposter syndrome my like first ep i was just like obsessed with red um and yeah it was just like a room of red and like little people just living their lives screaming i shouldn't have believed shit (laughs) which is lyric from easy for you um and yeah it's just like it was so sick so i'd love to kind of go on tour with some as, as well and kind of like learn how to do it from someone else um I think that's like the main thing as a new artist I've kind of unfortunately like missed out on is kind of being involved in someone's like show and supporting them and Mm. watching how they do it. I mean, I I say watching how they do it. I've been to every live gig you could possibly imagine. (laughs) Like I'm obsessed with live gigs, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, having the opportunity to kind of perform to uh, someone else's fan base and like connect with people it's it's definitely been a bit of a struggle over like um the pandemic trying to like grow as a new artist without live gigs and stuff and without festivals and all sorts but yeah I'm absolutely buzzing for that if it can possibly happen in the near future that would be stunning and I would really appreciate it it. lovely to have live music back yeah it's interesting that you were saying that you'd love to kind of go on tour with someone else and watch someone else because in a way, then you're also getting real time feedback from the audience mm-hmm. because if they are not necess- like maybe not aware of you or something at that point, then you're like literally getting their reaction there and then. That, that must be so exciting. Yeah, I think there's something really special in that because mm. I will always get there for the sport acts. Yeah. I love watching the sport acts. Like some of my favorite um, gigs have been the support acts of artists I love. Yeah. Um, I saw a band called Vaults support um, Jack Garrett ages nice. ago and I remember it really vividly um, and it really, really inspired me. I was like, I if I support someone on tour, I'm going to be that good. I want it to be so energetic um, and win people over. So, yeah, I hope I could do that at some point. Um, watch, you'll watch me on a support tour and I'll be standing still like a brick <laughs> like I'm so afraid I was um, going to say do you get do you get nervous before you perform then um, I mean I, I do get I used to have like I actually had um, therapy for um, stage fright <laughs> no I was, way when I was at um, performing art school so yeah I, I'm I'm just quite an anxious person as it, it goes but it, I get oh, yeah. triggered <laughs> yeah you, but do you ever feel that like some parts of your life you'll be more anxious than other parts mm. like I think um yeah just for a period of my life I was super super anxious around like performing and um yeah it was really tricky but I think I'm always going to have that but knowing that how much I love yeah it um really helps I can imagine the feeling as well when you come off stage after you've done that and you've pushed yourself so much it must feel amazing do you only kind of get that sense of like relief and enjoyment afterwards or does it kind of start happening while you're on stage do you find 
Um, yeah, from that, it was like I was shaky leaf um, in the wind for, honestly, I came out and I was like, oh, no, I've lost the ability to stand still. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, but about halfway through the first song when I felt I felt really comfortable, really excited, um, and I could see people kind of reacting mm. and responding, it was just like the best feeling. It was like, it was like every little girls like dream come true even though it was like one person in the room and it was exclusively my mum um <laughs> I was just like mom let's go uh but no it was really really special so I look forward to that at some point potentially in the future it's interesting because I feel like anxiety is often misunderstood because if you're like confident socially people always like assume that you wouldn't then be anxious about other things yeah I feel that but I think anxiety isn't just you know oh I'm anxious so I'm this yeah exactly it's so broad and it comes like I'll my anxiety will be triggered by really like specific certain things Mm. and I know my friends who are also very similar and we kind of have become friends because of this um get triggered by other things and it's just like if People feel, I really, really um, sympathise with people who are anxious and I know it kind of gets thrown around a lot. But Mm. the thing is, we live in a world where it's so easy to be scared of things and it's so, like, everything comes across as so perfect and you think that's how everything is Mm. and it's not the truth. Like, so, yeah, I think that's why more and more people are coming out saying how they actually feel Um, and I think, it's yeah, it's really important to to just be honest with yourself. If you're feeling low, you're feeling scared, talk to someone um, because chances are someone's feeling the same way. If you, there's a big question, if you could change anything about tomorrow, what would it be? I I would love, mm, oh, there's so many things. Um, I would love for us to live in a world where... um, I, I feel like still like women are really pitted against each other. That's why I love this podcast. I yeah. think it's so sick. <laughs> Thank you. Because actually, like, like women are so powerful when they join together yeah. and they support each other. And um, I think sometimes, especially in pop music, I found recently like it's like one female is the only female allowed in pop art, pop music yeah. and it's just like tiring because I'm so inspired and in like in awe of other artists other new females uh, people that I've grown up listening to yeah. um and I don't want to feel like we can't you know draw off each other and like respect each other and celebrate one another exactly um, like why should it be or rather than and exactly and I think um I don't know if it is just like a one-way thing or guys feel it as well and it's something I should probably like explore and like talk to other mm. male like male artists about it but I know like my female artist friends feel a similar way and it's not fair like I I would hope that we as we keep fighting the you know keep going and working towards it and keep celebrating one another like we just open that table up so mm. as many girls can sit on it as possible and you know we it's not just like, oh, there's your token female on a panel. Yeah. There's your, it's exactly. like completely fair. And I think, um, you know, there's so there's so much that girls are offering at the minute. Um, not to say guys aren't as well, but I think that's you know, yeah. it's just always there in your face. So I just hope that as a world we can kind of you know go female and like really yeah. focus on it. And like my like my my entire team is essential is almost entire team is a uh, female as well which is pretty rare for like yeah, music industry definitely. so yeah girls are powerful 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 so I think that's probably what I would hope and wish for I think that's a great I that's could. a great one do you think your team being all female has enabled you to potentially be more confident in like pushing your ideas and stuff forward oh that's such a good question um yeah I think I I've never really experienced it any other way. Like my manager's like my big sister, mm. and like I met her when she was twenty three and I was sixteen, and um, I used to like stay at her house and like we used to like share a bed. Oh, that's I guess, such a nice relationship. To yeah, have like things like that. I think I wouldn't have been able to do. I wouldn't have been able to stay in London if it wasn't for Jazz. So, um, yeah, I think she's def like she's had it in her own like world as well. Like mm. being a manager. Um, 
a female manager has its own tasks as well, like trying to get people to listen to yeah. you. And um, she's such a boss as well. Like she's <laughs> such that. a boss. And um, she's like told me before in the past that like, she's walked into um, like shoots with other uh, like other artists she's managing, and like they've gone to shake like the hairstylist who's a guy's hand, and she's yeah. like, "Oh no, I'm Jazz. Like I am the manager." So frustrating. Um, and I think it's just like in time that will change. But uh, yeah, I think she, it's definitely opens you up and inspi- it's inspiring. She inspires me. So yeah, I don't know. My mum's the same. Like she's really like strong woman. So I'm just inspired by those girls. Aww. And what do you think the music industry can do to help kind of even out that balance, that gender split? Um, You know what? I do give props to um the music industry as a whole I think are definitely trying um and I see more and more people are like open to hearing it and like there's more um kind of female uh CEOs or like um heads kind of coming into like some labels um which is super exciting to see um and more awareness as well I feel like is happening about it definitely um and I think yeah, it's it's obviously it's not just with it's like with everything. It needs to be an even playing field. It needs to be like all ethnicities. It needs to be um all genders. Like it, it just yeah, I think it's really important because music especially and the reason why I would say it's more important in like a creative industry is it's because it's the thing that um you'd watch people not like you know normal people would come home and watch TV and I want to see I don't just want to see you know like white men on yeah. tv i want to see every representation, I want re- yeah. representation i think so important so yeah i definitely think it's starting to creep in and it's so exciting and it's wicked um so yeah props to people that are really trying to do that for sure like i don't want to be like no one's doing anything i think it's <laughs> it just takes time doesn't it and yeah i i wanted to ask you from the outside perspective again this could be wrong in terms of how it feels internally I just wanted to know how that feels to kind of achieve your dreams in a way for someone that's Aww. actually achieved everything that you could have wanted to. That's such a nice thing to to think about. I I think it's um like all being like grateful for it as well because it's I can't remember what the exact theory is called, but there's there is this theory that um it's like every two years as people as humans like we get used to things every two years Mm. and that becomes a norm so if I bought like a Ferrari by the second year I'd be like cool done with her like now what and I think it's just like being really like grateful for that um and it's so easy and I really struggle with it because I I think I am quite ambitious Mm. but um like I, I do think sometimes like I should really just stay in the moment and really like be thankful and grateful for everything that's happened regardless of what's going on in the world because like it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and I'm so so lucky and so grateful and like blessed so um it feels great when I (laughs) when I'm actually not an idiot and I'm grateful for it and I'm not just thinking oh panicking about the future um but I think everyone does it it is all relative and I think our whole society is geared up for constantly moving forward Mm. and I that's why I was asking it really because I was wondering if you ever kind of have a have that moment you're like oh I've done it the one moment I would say I really felt that was that that day that um it was number don't need lovers don't it was number nine and it was a year after my vocal that was the one day I was like I'm just gonna really appreciate that I came on this journey and I'm really grateful for everything that's happened this year um and that sounds really bad that it was just that one day that I was like yes but Mm -hmm. I think there is that external pressure from like the people around you that are also like okay cool well that was great but now what and um yeah it's maybe it's like a personal responsibility to go I'm doing well I'm going to have a another chucky becky (laughs) (laughs) treat yourself another episode of sex and city exactly (laughs) so what would you say to people who are anxious about their future um i i mean i'm definitely not one to to <laughs> know cuz i i don't but i um a story that always like kind of helps me was i was working with this photographer once um and she was this wicked like brazilian girl and i was like oh asking her all about how she got into photography 
And she was saying how she was like studying law in Brazil or something similar, I think. And then she decided and like her family was so proud of her and everything. Mm. Um, And she just wasn't enjoying it. And she was probably what, like 20 ish. And she just decided she was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And she just like left, went to the UK, came to the UK um, and started working in a pub. And she was like really confused about like what she was doing. Um, And then like, um, these people came in after a gig with like cameras and I, I don't know how long ago this is so definitely this is not my story but um, <laughs> I was so inspired by it um, and they were basically like oh yeah if you go in with cameras like you can get in as press like we we can figure out a way to get you in with us like as press and you can take pictures of the bands um, and then she got a camera like borrowed a camera for a mate and started doing that and that's, that's how she got into music photography um, and that's how she found her way and she didn't find it until she was like what 25 I think yeah and it's like sometimes the universe works in a weird way where actually like you might think this is how your life's gonna go but it might go somewhere else and you just have to embrace that sometimes there's good and bad and bad and good and mm. go with what your heart says and then you know you might find that you'll be uh randomly taking pictures of bands or well, exactly. you'll be a singer in you know the middle of a pandemic and I think one of the things that I found really empowering as well is thinking about every day as the re- as the start of the rest of your life mm. and like so no matter oh, what's happened so nice. to you in the past like you don't have to let that define your future and you're in control of like changing things if you want to change things you can just start in the morning and start tomorrow mm. I think that's really nice that's so true are you like a um, okay, it's um, Monday. Time starts today because that is me, and it sh- and I should listen to your advice. It's, it's not everyday Monday. I am definitely that. And then, like, if I eat badly on the Monday, I'm like, well, I've ruined the week now. So that's literally me. I'm literally like, I'll get up and I'll be like a croissant, and they'll be like, Grace, croissant is not in the diet plan. I know, it makes you happy. It so. makes you happy. Everything's in. Everything's in moderation. moderation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me. I've really appreciated and loved chatting to you. Where can people find you and your music? I've had a great little chat. Thank you for <laughs> having me. Um, and it's Gracie with an EY um, on Instagram and Gracie something on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's not Gracie something. It's Gracie music underscore because everything else was taken. <laughs> Um, but I think it's that. I don't even know if it's that. So love it. Um, but yeah, they'll find you. They'll find me somewhere. <laughs> um, You'll pop up. I'll pop up. But yeah, listen to my um my new EP, Art of Close, the Art of Closure, if you want to. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Gracie. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Gracie for speaking to me. She's so lovely. If you'd like to support her, definitely go and check out her brand new mini album, The Art of Closure. Next week, I'm speaking to Instagram sensation Lily O'Farrell, better known to her followers as Vulgar Drawings. Lily is so funny and smart, so definitely look out for that episode dropping next Thursday. It's a really good one. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share and subscribe as it'll help more people to find us. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, it's at Vocal Girls Club. And tomorrow is at TMRWMag. Thank you so much again for listening and I'll see you next week.